Yes, not one, but two episodes of Dudes with Some Balls this week. We got another episode for you today, talking MLB trade deadline, and I'm happy to present that Jacob Booth is back with us. No Ross this time. We had Ross last time. Now we got JB, Jacob Booth, JB1 back in the studio. Booth, how we doing? Long time, no talk on the mic. Yeah, you know, it's been a while, so looking forward to uh, speaking with you today. If you listened to yesterday's episode, which you may or may not have, we said you're a busy guy now, so you know you don't have time for sports podcasting, but you proved all this wrong. It's feeling like uh, LeBron in the summer of 14 coming back to Cleveland, seeing you on the mic. It's a pleasure being here. There you go. That's what I wanted to hear. So today, folks, awesome episode of Dudes with Some Balls. We got trade deadline talks for the MLB, which is coming up. The deadline, I believe, is August 2nd. So we're going to jump right into it. Me and Booth got a couple picks. Probably do a couple more picks in a future episode. While Booth right now, you can't see him. He's tangling with cords. He's unprepared to be back with Dudes with Some Balls. But the dudes are here. This is the original crew, me and JB. But uh, I'm going to start this off. And I know Jordan talked about Luis Castillo being traded. and uh, But I'm going a different route here. The pitcher I wanted to take a look at today who's intriguing me is Frankie Montas of the Oakland A's. Uh, has a 3-9 and nine record so far in the season, but a 3.16 ERA. So he's holding his own. It's just the team can't get wins. Obviously, when you have the worst record in baseball, that makes more sense. He's pitching really well, though. Over 100 strikeouts at the break, 105 strikeouts, and he's got a whip just above one at 1.08. The contending teams that I want to bring up for him are definitely definitely all contenders. One of the big teams I see him hitting is maybe the White Sox, maybe with some uh, prospect pull or maybe trade in in exchange of a younger outfielder. I know they have like potential third baseman they could trade in in Berger maybe. Uh, The White Sox, definitely, if they keep picking up going down the stretch, me and Jordan both said in the last podcast, team to get hot. I could definitely see them trying to add another starting arm with the offense getting hot. Of course, you can't forget the Yankees. Got to be in that mix as well. Um, not really much of the prospect pull there, and you won't have to give up probably too big of a package for them. I know the A's will be looking for younger guys. And the big team I see is he just flips over to the other side of the bay. The San Francisco Giants can offer some younger pieces in order to exchange. And honestly, like I wouldn't be surprised. This is a little shot in the dark one. You can see Joey Bart in that package. And then maybe see Sean Murphy head over with him, get the pitch and catch and pull. It's a little bit of a reach, but that is my three destinations for Frankie Montas. Booth, I know you have your own list of free, or not free agents, trade deadline pieces. Anything on Montas, or do you just want to jump into one of your own? Uh, yeah, not, not really much to say. I think uh, the athletics are always sellers, it seems. So I think that's a guy that more than likely is going to get moved here. I like your your call on the Yankees. It's It's very easy. I mean, they're always buyers as well. So that's, that's who I see. Um, they they could be in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, any, any trade situation, of course, the Yankees are going to get mentioned. Yeah, of course. Who, who you got on your list? Give me one of your potential guys. Yeah. I don't know. Um, this might be a hot take, but the Red Sox, they've, uh, I see them becoming sellers. They've underperformed as of late. And I don't, I don't really think it's their fault. They just had some bad luck. I mean, Chris Sale just, Ended up back on the IL with that that screamer getting hit right back at him um, after only making what two starts I think yeah um, you know Ivaldi hasn't looked the same since he came back from that injury it looks like Devers is actually headed to the IL as well with a hamstring injury so I think they will be moving JD Martinez who is 34 years old he is an All Star this year but he is in the last year of his contract and uh, a team I see looking to be a buyer for him is the LA Dodgers. And I mean, like the Yankees, they're always looking to buy, but uh, I think it'd be a good fit. 
you know, we've seen these two teams make a lot of big trades in the past with Mookie Betts, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Manny Ramirez. So, you know, they always, uh, they always seem to be connected, but uh, Max Muncy has struggled this year and it would give uh, JD Martinez would give the Dodgers some kind of stability at the DH position, especially with the national league now having the DH of course. Yeah. And JD Martinez also has a relationship with the hitting coach of LA Robert Van Skoyok, if I'm saying his name correctly, they were both in Arizona at the same time. So nice. I think it's a win-win-win for all parties involved. That's some good digging right there, Booth. He hasn't been back in the pod for a while, but he comes prepared on his trade packages. J.D. Martinez, as soon as you mentioned him, of course, I instantly think NL teams because of just the DH thing. So they're a little bit behind this year on DH. And I think the Dodgers, that's a great spot for him. I could see maybe like Milwaukee being in that mix if you want to go NL and maybe even like, ah, gosh, I'd, I'd even maybe throw in like, the Mets could make a play for him if they want to do that. But I love that L.A. just right up the alley. And all the connections, Booth, beautiful job bringing in the trade yeah. pieces from the past. You came prepared. Speaking of, I talked about the Mets a little bit. So I think one of the bigger pieces in the trade, this trade deadline, other than Juan Soto, which I didn't want to start with him. I kind of passed over him. But we'll get to him at the end. So you have to stay listening to this <laughs> podcast to get to the best piece, folks. I could edit it, but, you know, I want you guys to listen. This is a good podcast, in my opinion. Catching pieces are actually more important, I think, than most people think. I think the top catching guy on this deadline moment is Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. Contreras was an all-star himself, too, and an all-star at the catcher position, hitting 258 and 372 on base percentage, as well as an .843 OPS. Very impressive offensive catcher and can get it done for the most part behind the plate. He also has 36 RBIs to go along with 14 home runs. 14 bombs from your backstop is a huge plus. Some teams that I really look are teams that are contending but don't have the offensive piece at the backstop position. So what I'm looking at here, I think a really good spot for him might be the Cleveland Guardians. Austin Hedges is a really good defensive catcher, but he's hitting very poorly, under 200. And Cleveland does have the number three ranked farm system right now. So there is prospect pieces in there for a rebuilding Cubs team. So I like that spot. Another spot, I mentioned it. With when you brought up JD Martinez, I see the Mets doing it. They are okay with spending money. They're okay taking their contract. They have the richest owner in baseball. They already have the highest payroll in the MLB. Uh, for catchers, in terms of total offensive production, they're ranked 26 out of 30 in all of MLB. So adding that bat, especially as that division race, me and Jordan talked about it on the last pod, gets tighter with the Braves and Phillies creeping while the Mets have steadily declined. Uh, adding another piece in the bat, especially with the pitching injuries they've had could be a, a big upside to helping them keep pace in that NL East race. And lastly, I think probably the spot he's going to end up in, which I feel like it's gone pretty quiet, is the Houston Astros. They, they've they struggled offensively in that position for an offense that's insanely hot, second-best record in baseball, and they just defeated the Yankees a couple times um, coming off the break. So the Astros are definitely one to shot for them. Maldonado and Castro have both slacked. Their combined 474 OPS ranks worse than the MLB from a combined position on a team. So they're definitely in need of an offensive production back there. And both of them really haven't been too great defensively. Pass balls are a big problem for the Houston catching position. Uh, it's not on the pitchers. They got a good staff. So with that, I think uh, Wilson Contreras could be a huge splash for them on both sides of the ball. So they do have the worst farm system in the MLB, but they do have Corey Kelly, who's a catching prospect, one of the top catching prospects. And that could be a huge plus in that trade package to go to a Chicago Cubs team looking to pick up prospect pieces. Uh, the team I, I see in the conversation as well as the San Diego Padres, um, they've been talking about acquiring both Ian Happ and uh, Wilson Contreras. 
uh, just to kind of get some more depth in the outfield and behind the behind the dish, of course. Um, Jorge Alfaro's had a really good year, so I don't know the likelihood of them pulling the trigger on both of these guys, but I think uh, e- e- that's something to look at, um, especially with with Tatis coming back. Uh, they could just kind of revamp the whole offense, acquiring both of the Cubs All Stars as well as uh, Tatis coming back and and uh, making a big uh, postseason push this year for the Padres. Yeah, Padres doing surprisingly well without their top star player. Machado's obviously having a huge year. The outfield was something that's getting thrown around a lot for the Padres. I know we'll get to it. They are in the mix for Soto. I have a package that I kind of looked at and created and took from other sources as well that I'll get to. But Ian Happ is definitely a big name too. I know Contreras seems to be kind of the more, when I see stuff about the Cubs, I think I see his name thrown more around, more as like a sadness from Cubs, the Cubs community. But Ian Happ is just as valuable. Uh, I think Contreras is just more like noted as a fan favorite, so it's kind of hard to see him go. But I do imagine both those guys are actually likely to be shipped um, for my... So I'm glad you brought him up. Bringing up another outfielder for intriguing purposes. I told you this. Joey Gallo intrigues me to some extent just because he was one of the top trade pieces last year, and he's going to be a trade piece this year. It just didn't work in New York. Not saying Joey Gallo is bad, whether it's the pressure of New York, which I don't think it is. I think he just needs to get out and get into a new situation, whatever the reason it is. A big trade there could be for the Kansas City Royals all-star Andrew Benatendi. And I don't necessarily know what the package could contain in there. You might see someone like Jason Dominguez or Oswaldo Peraza get traded in there because there's no way Benatendi for Gallo is going to be straight up. Maybe cash considerations have to be in there. Not really sure the details. It's very raw, but Gallo's hitting 166. Does have 10 home runs, but only 21 RBIs through 70 games. Some other teams in that mix as well. The Padres are in there. Like you said, outfield help is needed. Could see Milwaukee or Philadelphia, especially with Harper being out, needing him in Philadelphia. Milwaukee is just another good spot for a DH role or just more outfield extension as they push the race with the Cardinals going in late. And even sending him back to Texas makes a little bit of sense for what the Rangers could offer. So that's, that's kind of... My three that I wanted to touch on this week, I know you probably got one more yourself. Joey Gallo is a very interesting name to me, and I, I don't necessarily know why, but he is to me. I want to I want to add something to the to the Gallo talk. Uh, if a team's like not contending right now, but they will be over the next couple of years, I think it's something to look at, especially mm-hmm. with talk of the shift being banned. Um, that could be, um, I mean, a few years away, but when that happens, it could really boost uh, Joey Gallo's production. That's a good way to look at it because the shift, probably plays a large factor. I know his strikeout numbers are high, but mm-hmm. probably changes him from being like, I hate to say it, maybe an extension of like a 230, 240 hitter. So that much impact on the shift for him, especially. Yeah. Good, good note there. Do you have any other prospect or I don't know why I keep saying prospects. When I think about people coming up and shifting teams, I totally think prospects. I'm probably thinking prospects because I'm going to go into him now is Juan Soto. And that's where the prospect. Let's head over there. Yeah. yeah let's, 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 just, let's just Avenue down Juan Soto. Like, so Juan Soto, without a doubt, is the most intriguing name. And it's not even for sure that he'll be traded at the deadline. Just because of how much pull he has or the Nationals want to have over him. 23-year-old sensation, home run derby champion. We can go in all and all and all about him, but everyone knows who he is. There's definitely some teams. I'm going to list some teams that I see, that I've heard, that I've read, that are fit the Juan Soto potential market. And that would be the San Diego Padres, the New York Yankees, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Mets, and the Seattle Mariners. Is there any teams I missed that are on your radar, Booth? Uh, nope, I think you hit all of them. So when I'm looking at some of these packages, it's going to take a haul to get him. The two, I have two, I would say I have three intriguing teams 
And then the other ones are like, eh. So the, the, the three intriguing teams from worst to best, I'm going to start actually at the Yankees. I think the Yankees would be the worst, but these are the high end, high end. Of, uh, these are my top three. Yankees are going to trade Anthony Volpe, Oswaldo Peraza, Jason Dominguez, and Miguel Andujar, which is a, a complete haul to get Juan Soto, of course. I really like that trade. Great package. I think the second best package in there is from the St. Louis Cardinals trading either Harrison Bader or Dylan Carlson. I think right now it's kind of leaning towards Carlson the way he's been playing is what most packages have been saying. Jordan Walker, Matthew Libertor, and Mason Wynn. Those are kind of the package there. A lot of prospect pull, top-rated prospect in there. That's a good package. The best package to me right now that I've seen is from the Dodgers. Gavin Lux, Dustin May, Diego Cartea, Bobby Miller, and Ryan uh, Peepoit, or however you say his name. Huge prospect pull in Bobby Miller. And then Gavin Lux and Dustin May have really established himself. Gavin Lux has had a great season, in my opinion. And I think the Dodgers have the best realistic one. The Mariners-Padres can make a case. I know the Mariners have a good prospect system. The Padres can offer some, some big league ready guys right now. But where I sit, I think, I honestly want to say it comes down to Dodgers-Cardinals, in my opinion. I don't, I don't. I don't agree with the the Yankees uh, just willingness to give up that many prospects. Um, I, I think they're attached to especially Volpe and uh, Dominguez. So um, I, I don't see them as a buyer for Soto, even though I think their fans think they will be. Um, yeah. But I, I really like that Cardinals package you listed. Uh, could definitely kind of uh, convert them from a solid playoff team to a real contender. So I, I would really like to see the Cardinals make that push and, and, and get Soto. But I, I'm not really... I'm not bullish on the idea that Soto gets traded this before before the August 2nd trade deadline. I think Soto has a lot of say in this trade that we don't really know about as fans because when he's getting traded, it's not just that he's getting traded. He'll be under club control for two years past the season, no matter where he goes. But I think he's looking to sign the extension as soon as he gets traded. So like necessarily, I don't know if St. Louis is his desired market. I think St. Mm-hmm. Louis has one of the better packages. I Soto in L.A., Anyone in LA really seems to want to be in LA. So it's there's there's the pull there that I think the Dodgers are going to make the biggest push for him. Although I think seeing him in the NL Central would be cool. I, seeing him in Seattle would be amazing too. But I, I don't think the Mariners make that play either. I think the Mariners look more long term, knowing that their farm systems rank the number one rebuilding farm system right now. So don't give up the pieces that you have because you've been out of the playoffs for so long. You're not going to risk it because if we if the Mariners trade for Soto now. It's played a win for two years. That's probably the window. Two, three years of max, especially with the other contracts you have on there that you're going to have to pay soon. The, the, the reason I don't think the Yankees go for them or get him is because I think the Yankees are actually in a really good situation with the potential rumor of Andrew Benatendi getting traded. I would almost be, if I'm in the Yankees' shoes, know we have the money, I know we have the pull, I would rather take Benatendi, and I know Soto's 10 times better, right? And the long term of Soto's prime can go so much longer but you'll give up way less for Andrew Benatendi, and he f- could fill that role perfectly with Judge and Stanton. So uh, you don't need that much leverage there. You can still win with those three, especially. But for the Cardinals' sake, that four, I, I mentioned it last podcast, Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Juan Soto, and Nolan Arenado at your top four spots, that's incredible. And that'd be a tough lineup to face in the postseason. But I do like, I do like every package so far that's been played. If you had to say right now, where do you think Soto's going? I don't see him going anywhere. So um, kind of a boring answer, but I see him uh, sticking the year out as part of the Nationals. Um, and we'll see maybe in the offseason he gets moved. Maybe he figures something out, but I, I don't see him. I don't see him getting traded. It's just too much to give up to to get him. 
I, and I really like that point. As much as I think all the baseball fans want to see him traded, the Nationals are going to ask for so much. And honestly, you can't blame them. Rightfully so, they're going to ask for a ton because he is he's a, a extreme level talent and one of the best eyes in baseball. Obviously, has the most walks and O two counts since his career start. I just yeah, I don't know if I see it happening either. I think you kind of got to start looking more at some of these other guys first. And, and you know, you don't want to be a team that's in contention where you could go for maybe a really good pitcher and not give up the pieces that you need to because they're part of a smaller piece in the Soto package. Some of these teams got to play to win now and at least play to make the playoffs now. And you don't want to pass up on someone like Montas or we didn't talk about Castillo. There's some other potential pitchers that can fill a role and be a be a 4-5 in your rotation going down the stretch and that could help you in the playoffs. So it's a tough game. It's a it's a teeter-totter kind of saw, but again, I like the pieces we brought up. I think these all the names you went through that I went through, we listed, I think they're very valuable to this trade deadline for the 2022 season. And of course, glad to have you back on the podcast booth. It's always glad to get another episode out this week. I want to get two out. Boom, we got them. Uh, thank you for taking some time with me today. Of course, my pleasure, you know. My pleasure. He's like Chick-fil-A, too. Everybody clap it up for Jacob Booth. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Appreciate you guys listening. I think this one was a fun one. We'll have more trade deadline pieces for you, probably a post-trade deadline podcast. For now, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the trade deadline. Send in some comments if you want about your packages, too. We're glad to get out to you. This was another episode of Dudes with Some Balls. We wish you a great weekend and a happy summertime.